a little bit different. We're doing a live mailbag. People send in questions, um, and we're just going to answer them, uh, do a uniform preview. So kind of like our normal uh, end-of-the-week podcast, but uh, a little bit different. So people will get a, uh, both the live stream and the podcast, so it'll be fun. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, so do you want to – should we just start – should we just jump into the questions? Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> – we had a great one from Dave Hudson. I think we've got to start with that one. Yeah, let's do it. Well, let's let's pull it up here. Uh, do you have it handy? Uh, yeah, I do. I've got it right he here. He says, uh, here, I got it. He says, you can put 1988 Barry Sanders on this team, this 27 team, but the only catch is Pat Jones has to coach it. Do you do it? No. No way. No? No. I say yes. Really? Yeah, I mean – Mike Gundy is slowly morphing into Pat Jones anyway. So what's – and plus, it didn't matter who was coaching Barry Sanders. Like, now, the, the key for me, uh, Kyle, is do they have 1988's defense? Because they couldn't stop a, a stiff breeze. Uh, do, they have, do they have the ninth president, Edison Magruder, at linebacker? Do they have Calvin Bundage? That's, that's what I want to know first and foremost. But give me Barry. He ran for 3,000 yards. Here's my question for you. If given the opportunity, would you trade Tyron Johnson for Barry Sanders? Yes. Like, I, I know I Are have more sure? Tyron stock, but come on. It's, it's the greatest college football player ever. Of course I'm making that trade. I, 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 guess, I guess I just think that Gundy is a better coach than, uh, than Pat Jones. And they, I don't know if Barry – like, do they need more offense? That's not really what they need, right? Like, if, if you gave me the opportunity to trade, like, um, like if you gave me Emmanuel Ogba and, like, if you gave me, like, five really great defensive players going backwards and said Pat Jones has to coach, I'd be more willing to do that. Like, their offense doesn't need to be better, I don't feel like. I know, but no one They don't could, need Barry Sanders. No one could literally tackle Barry. Like, he was untackleable, if that's a word. Like, he couldn't tackle the guy. He ran for 3,000 yards in a season. Can you imagine him in this offense, too? No. I mean, I mean, their offense was pretty good in 88. I mean, Hartley Dykes was, was Dez-like at receiver. He had uh, Gunnar Gundy's predecessor at quarterback. Uh, Mike was a pretty good quarterback, four-year starter. So, I mean, the 88 offense really was ahead of its time, Kyle. I've kind of gone back and look at the numbers through 88 they, they broke all sorts of records back then they were kind of ahead of the curve when it comes to offense so but no I mean give me Barry over anybody that's that's an easy call it's a great question yeah leave it to Dave Dave has the highest tweet efficiency on Twitter like you know like Baker Mayfield broke the broke the efficiency record last year like Dave broke the Twitter efficiency rankings doesn't yeah, tweet much his PER is is solid. He had a tweet. He had a tweet yesterday about. Uh, so your guy Glenn Spencer put out the uh, Warrior Poem of the Week, and one of the quotes was from General Patton, and he said, "We we never lose because we have to win." And Dave said, "General Patton never faced Tyron Johnson." No, he did not. Uh, that was a so great, good. and it was basically like using. Uh, you know, we joked about J.W. Pauls being General. KW Patton, and uh, we actually had yeah. a case where he used the actual General Patton. But uh, I was waiting yeah. for the 
Sergeant Sergeant Stoner reference in there anywhere? No. No. Okay. You you mean from uh, you mean from Spencer? Yeah, I mean, his Poirier poems have gotten a little out of control, haven't they? They're like ten paragraphs long, and I can't even like read them without running out of breath now on the podcast. <laughs> you could put them together at the end of the year, and it'd be like a, it'd be like a book, like a full length book. It'd be like Game of Thrones chapter one, you know, the whole. A song of fire and dance and ice or whatever the heck they call it. I'm trying to get a better angle on my live here. It's not working out too well. Uh, give me, hit me with the next question. Actually, I've, I've got it right here. Um, will, a, will a 12-1 and Oklahoma State or OU get into the playoff, or will, they, or will either of those teams be left out if they go to 12-1? Um, we, we got several variations of that question. I lost you. I'm back. You know, not what you're struggling there? I should probably just leave it be. Uh, there we go. That's better. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Will a 12 and 1 Oklahoma State or OU get into the uh, college football playoff or will they be left out? We got kind of, we got uh, several variations of this question. I say yes because I'm not very high on uh, the Pac 12 or the ACC for that matter. I think. I think Clemson, if they were to run the table, they could they could jump uh, Oklahoma State. Certainly, it'd be an argument between Oklahoma. But Kyle, it goes back to the you know the helmet theory. I mean, I'm as far as OSU goes, I'm dubious they get in at twelve and one, aren't you? Uh, it just depends on what they lose, and it, it depends on everybody else as well. You know, like it's such a hard question to answer because there might be the best team in the Pac-12 might be nine and three, you know, you don't, uh, you don't, by the way, I know my, my background is backwards. I had to, I had to turn the camera around and Facebook can't figure it out. So that's just how uh, it goes. I wanted to look at Carson instead of the back of my phone. Um, so yeah, you don't know what, you don't know what teams and other conferences, uh, are, are going to be. What, uh, you probably saw, uh, the post that I wrote. I, uh, I would prefer it if OU beats Ohio State this weekend. I know that's not a popular opinion. Uh, what's your take on that? No, I mean, if you're Oklahoma State, you need Oklahoma to win that game if you want even more respect. Because let's face it, the Big 12 has had no respect since the playoffs been formed. They haven't made the playoff yet. And with Baylor losing to Liberty, with Texas losing to Maryland, that's only going to continue. So if Oklahoma goes and beats Ohio State on the road, that makes Oklahoma an even better win. So I think if you're if you're Oklahoma State, you, you worry about yourself. If you're an Oklahoma State fan, don't worry. You know, don't get your you know, don't get butt hurt if OU wins the game and Baker's. You dancing. sound like Gundy. What? What do you mean I sound like Gundy? Oh, she got to worry about herself. Take it one game at a time. Well, I mean, who cares what OU does if you're an OSU fan? Don't you want them to be like like Gundy says? Don't you want them to win every game besides OSU? Probably not. Most people don't. I do. You do? Yeah. Yeah, you sure. wrote a piece of that, didn't you? Yeah, that's what I was just referencing. I, I, I just, the, and we talked about this earlier, but the perception of the Big 12 is so bad, especially after Baylor loses to Liberty and Texas. You know, Baylor and Texas, it's not like they were projected to finish in the bottom of the Big 12. Maybe Baylor was, but Texas was supposed to be a top, I mean, even by like rational standards, a top half of the Big 12 team. And then get housed by Maryland, as as uh, your boy Urban said, 
What are you doing? Maryland puts up 51 on you at home. Not, it's not good. Uh, it's the and first so, time I've ever agreed with Urban Meyer. That was great. But I guess what I'm saying is you need something to flip the perception. And if that takes OU beating Ohio State and Columbus, whatever. I don't care as long as it helps Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I know it hurts OSU fans to root for OU, but that's really what they should be doing. I mean, I, I'm not here to say what, what to do. I really don't care. I mean, I, I want both teams to go undefeated until Bedlam just because it, it makes that game that much better for me. I get better bowl trips out of the deal. So, yeah. But, no, I mean, I think – do you think OU's going to win that game? I don't, I don't think they will. I think Ohio State will take them. No, I don't. What's the line? Seven and a half. Ohio State's favored. Ah, it seems kind of kind of high. Ohio State didn't did they look that good against uh, Indiana? No, but I mean it's a conference road game, and they won by twenty eight points. They, they struggled early, but dominated late. So, you know, had OU done that, say OU had gone to TCU, or uh, maybe better example would probably be like uh, uh, who's a middle of the pack, West Virginia, and win by twenty eight points. That'd be pretty impressive. Now. West Virginia's probably better than Indiana, but yeah. Uh, what other questions we got here? I think West Virginia is good. Uh, do you think Mike Gundy is going to start using OBTJ to return punts, uh, given what McCluskey did last week? Oh, how I wish. Oh, how I wish. He's not going to, though. It seems like when McCluskey had that gap, he just told him fair catch it and our offense will go score. I, th I think Gundy is going to go back to the 2011 uh, scheme yeah. where he just put Blackman back there and said, "Just catch it, fair catch it. We'll go score." And it's not a bad theory with what they, no. you know, what they have saying. When you saw the disastrous return that McCluskey had, Gundy's going to go full conservative on the punt returns from now on. I don't think he's putting because let's face it. I think Tyron would like if he wanted to. He might try this, like turn around and catch it behind his back just because he gets bored, and then run for a touchdown. He might. Catch it with his like crop top shirt, then put it in his hands. Just, I think Tyron would just have fun back there, and I think it'd scare the hell out of Gundy. Do you remember when uh, uh, Beckham caught the LSU kickoff one-handed? Did you ever see that? Yeah. No, the kickoff. <laughs> yeah. So he's when he was at LSU, I can't remember who they were playing. There was a kickoff, and it was going. He was at the back of the end zone, and he was. I think he was like he was he was going out the back. And he just reached his hand up like that and caught it with one hand. Wow. Unbelievable. Tyron could do that. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Um, if you could have one former Oklahoma State basketball player play receiver on this team, who would it be? Oh, Desmond Mason, right? I mean, the uh... – Desmond had probably the best hops of any athlete I've ever seen. I mean, obviously he won an NBA slam dunk contest. That's not exactly a, a hot take. But Desmond was also like 6'6", on top of being able to jump out of the gym. So, yeah. I would take Desmond Mason. I don't, I don't think you would argue with that, would you? No. More, the more Desmond Mason, the better. Um, here's a good one. Wait, what was your, what was your answer? Uh, probably Franz Stein. No. Just have him running around out there like, uh, I, I don't know, like what? Franz Stein, Stein couldn't walk and shoot gum. How's he going to play football? You know, you know who would be, yeah, I was kidding. You know who would be a fun, um, 
uh, like slot guy would be uh, Eton. <laughs> he would be so hard to tackle. You know, Eton is actually like a legit four-star like safety. Yeah. Like he, he probably should have played football. He could play cowboy back. <laughs> uh, what's the guy's name that Larry Reese pronounced? Sione Foot. I don't even want to try it, but yeah, it's... they would they would have a position battle for sure. Yeah, it'd be oh, great. Joey Graham. Joey Graham's a good answer. Joey Graham at Cowboy back. That is a good answer. I bet. Uh, I'm trying to think. Do you think McFarlane would have been any good? No, because his hands were too small. He couldn't. He literally couldn't dunk. Do you remember? He would always just shoot a layup instead of dunking. He had like. Small hands. He couldn't. He couldn't palm the ball, so he probably couldn't catch the ball very well. Maybe Andre Williams. Yeah, a little stiff. Not a great athlete. He was. He was pretty skinny too. Yeah. Uh, never says a word. Never says a word. He loves his family. Okay, this is a good question uh, from Miller on the blog. If you could make any one position twenty-five percent better on this team, on this year's team, what do you choose and why? Any position 25% or better, I would say yeah. the defensive line because just look at the college football playoff. All, the common thread you'll always see is a, is a dominant defensive line for the most part. You know, Alabama, obviously, Michigan State the year they made it, Ohio State every year. So I would go D-line. Yeah, I, I, I want to see more, like, I want to see more games before I just – kill like the defensive ends they didn't they weren't I didn't feel like they were great in the first game but um it's also one game as much as we've overreacted to how good Justice Hill was and and uh you know the receivers and all that like we need to let it play out a little bit too probably yeah place kicker is a good idea from uh, Kirk Williams you wouldn't miss a kick (laughs) that's true that's a that's a really good idea although Um, we don't but we don't know what percent Amendola starting at. We don't know that. That's hard. That's true. Uh, if you could guarantee a top 10, that's a great question. If you could guarantee a top 10 recruiting class every year at the cost of losing Rob Glass, would you do it? Uh, yeah, because then it, uh, he wouldn't matter. Top 10 recruiting class, you're just loaded. Yeah. And like, like, I feel like the, like, Rob Glass is obviously amazing. But we don't really have anything to like compare it with. So like, do we know how much better is he than Alabama's strength coach or Oklahoma's? I, I have no idea. So just give me the surefire top ten recruiting classes. Because Kyle, I think what's the stat that uh, Clay Travis keeps throwing out there? Like the only four or five teams that can win the national title over the, like the last X amount of years. The last few national champions have always had a class in the top ten, or it's some crazy stat about recruiting that proves if you have a top ten recruiting class, it it really is the only way you're going to win a national title. Well, I think it goes beyond that. Like even to play for it, the only the only way that an Oklahoma State uh, or, or or a team like Oklahoma State has played for the national championship over the last I went back and looked at it like 15 years is because of the playoffs. So you saw. Like Michigan State and Washington both got in over the last two years, and they've had recruiting classes that are more similar to um, to Oklahoma State, where they were average like 25th or 31st or whatever. Um, 
But, uh, like, and then obviously you see those teams didn't make it to the title game. Like, all the teams that have played for the title have been, like you said, top, like an average of top 12 or top 15. So it would be, it would literally be unprecedented for Oklahoma State, whose average over the last four years has been, I don't know, 33, to, to play for the national championship. I believe the stat is, I think Oklahoma in 2000 is the last team to win the national championship without having had a top 10 recruiting class in the previous like cycle, four or five, six, seven years or something like that. Yeah. I think that's that, which that's pretty crazy too, because I do think that 2000 OU team is a bit of an outlier beating that Florida State team. That Florida State team had so many pros and uh, it was just kind of a magical season they had. So yeah, that backs up the recruiting aspect. Okay, this is from Alec M. If Gundy never, if Gundy never went into coaching, what would he be doing today? If Gundy never went into coaching, he would be—he would just be a rancher, right? He would yeah. just drive the tractor around, herd goats. Did you Did you hear what he said at the press conference on Monday? That he didn't he didn't hit anything dove hunting. Yeah, but I love the agriculture community. I love the agriculture community. Which, he's not from, like, the sticks. He's from Midwest City. He's not from I know. Like, I know. Maybe he just lived in, you know, rural Stillwater too long to where he just has become country. Like, when he first took the job, Kyle, he was kind of like Joe Cool. Like, he had yeah. the spiked hair, the sunglasses, was kind of a city-type guy. And now he wears, like, Carhartt to Bedlam and so. Zip. Zip away ski pants. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a good one. Bigger, bigger crush. You on uh, Tyron or me on Rory? Oh, uh, you've kind of backed off Rory. You've realized that I'm right and they shouldn't be picking him to win every tournament, let alone mentioning him alongside Jordan Spieth, which was just silly. So mine's probably bigger at this current time, but uh, the second Rory makes a cut, you'll probably be back on board. Uh, would you trade Nike for Under Armour if it meant Oklahoma State uh, would win it all? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as much as I love the swoosh, if I'm trading in it for a national championship, it's an obvious choice. And Kyle, how did you feel, Kyle, about them making the 1945 national title thing that the centerpiece now at the stadium they took off the 2011 big 12 champions and put the 1940 i thought that was silly absolute silliness but didn't they put the the big 12 champions thing like off to the to the right they put like the total number of like conference championships or something there I didn't say any anything that that trolls OU fans or anybody that's upset about it, I'm I'm for. Yeah, but if you're an if you're an OSU fan, are you more proud of the, the 2011 championship that you won on the field or something you arbitrarily were given 70 years later? Well, and what do you think it says to like the guys that were on the 2011 team? They're like, well, yeah. okay. I think it's I think it's a joke. I might be in the minority. I think I think it makes you look silly by putting yeah. that. I mean, like, if you want to claim it, I have no, I, we've talked about this before. I have no problems with claiming a 1945, but to make that the centerpiece of your stadium and take away the 2011 banner that they already had up there, that they earned, that was the first real conference championship they had won and that they actually had won on the field is, is absolute nonsense to me. 
Uh, okay, we got. Uh, let's see. Okay, how about this? If this is from Python Poke, if Yersic leaves after the season, do we does Oklahoma State fill that role with an internal hire, and does this open a spot up for J.W. Walsh? Sorry, repeat the question. If Yersich leaves after the season, does Oklahoma State fill the OC spot with an internal hire, and does this open up a spot for J.W. Walsh? I personally think the J.W. Walsh as a coach thing is completely out of control because he's like 24 years old, and people that people like don't even talk about it in a joking way. They talk seriously as if he's going to succeed Gundy as the as the coach in Stillwater. That's that's. that's that's he's crazy. Been, he's been out of school about five minutes. Uh, yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think it's gotten completely like, – like people like will suggest JW to take over for Gundy when he retires. I know. He's the running backs coach at Abilene Christian. Now, he comes from a coaching family. He seems like he would make a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But it's a little early for that. I think there's some much more deserving candidates I would consider, like a Larry Fedora, who's coached big-time college football. Uh, Justin Fuente as well. So there's JW will will come back to Stillwater in some capacity, but not to be the offensive coordinator. He'll probably come back as a position coach, and I I would welcome that. I think he's got a bright future. There's a fly in my house, but it's uh, like, the, like the Breaking Bad episode. Do you think JW would coach from that uh, chair? Like, do you think he would run the the plays from that chair that he sat in at the top? Don't of the don't post that that gif again. <laughs> Um, okay, I don't know. Have you seen any other ones? Well, back to the uh, Under Armour Nike thing. I, I ran into Chad Weiberg at yeah, uh, the, the game on Thursday. And we're going to try and get him on the podcast. And, you know, he brokered the Under Armour deal at, at Texas Tech or helped help negotiate or whatever. And I kind of made a, I made a sly comment or joke about, you know, Nike's where it's at. I don't want any Under Armour up in here. <laughs> And he, he thought that was hilarious, so we'll have to, we'll have to get him on, and I, I'm sure he can't say much about that, but it, it, was, it was fun to joke with him nonetheless. Yeah, that's good. It's cool that he has a sense of humor about that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we need to do, since we're doing this as a podcast, uh, we need to do a, uh, we need to do a toast. Okay. And I need to read the ad. So I've got it right here. I'm just going to read it. It's going to be awkward for people that are watching, but. I don't read it. People on. I don't read it. Yeah. It's time for the Coop Works Toast of the Week. Coop Works brewing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Works and please remember to drink responsibly. Um, Coop has been sponsoring this podcast for over a year now, a year and a half, something yeah. like that. It's been great. Uh, so who are you toasting this week? Well, I mean, are we looking ahead? Are we looking back? Um, you can toast whoever you want. You can toast Chad Weiberg for sticking with Nike so far if you want. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm going to toast. Why don't you go first? I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm not ready yet either. You know what I'm going to toast? Okay, how about this? First night of the NFL is tonight. So I'm going uh, a toast to all of the Oklahoma State rookies that made teams. So uh, Vincent Taylor, Chris Carson, Ashton Lampkin made a team. Um, 
Who else am I missing? Lindsey Pipkins. Pipkins hanging out with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Uh, I'll toast an F5 to those guys. Uh, it's really crazy because you, you look back over the last two years, Oklahoma State's had good teams, but they didn't really have teams that you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of pros on the, on these teams. And yet they've got a, a lot of those guys in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to toast, uh, toast to those guys. Yeah, Blake Jarwin's still in Dallas on the practice team. So Yeah, uh, I actually got my toast idea from some of the commenters. I'm going with Lane Taylor. Let me pull up his contract. He plays guard for the Packers. Um, it's it's uh, three years, 16 and a half. Okay. Well, he got paid. And uh, really one of the better players to ever come through OSU. He was on that 2011 offensive line that was just stacked. And uh, it's cool to see a guy work his way up. You know, he was on, like, the practice squad for a while. And to see a guy work his way up and is now literally protecting one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Aaron Rodgers. Really cool. And uh, I know, you know, Evan Epstein and Lane Taylor are good friends and, and Evan Epstein swears up and down that Lane Taylor is like the best football player he ever played with regardless of position. He, That's crazy. That's crazy. He loves, he loves the guy and you can see why he's, he's a great representative too. And he, he uh, I'll toast a uh, briefcase Brown because you know, that was, that was hard work working your way up all the way up the ranks of the NFL ladder like that. You got a $5 million signing bonus too. Maybe I need to roll with Evan to Lambeau, hang out with those guys. Is he going? I, he should, if he's not. He's going to too many OU games. Like Evan, um, Evan can be like a turtle on Entourage, just hang out with Lane, <laughs> leave off his money. Uh, okay, we should. you want to talk uniforms now? Yeah. You got your preview in, or are you going to just do what I did like last week? I turned in my preview already, man. I'm, I'm ahead of the game. Let's get to this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. Be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Um, Chris has also been sponsoring the pod for a while. Do they, do they sell these? Huh? Do they sell these at Chris's? No, they should. No. Not yet. Um, who, what do you got for a uniform preview? Well, you know, I, Kyle, I really wanted to go all white because, uh, you know, South Alabama's having a white out, and it would be like a nice troll move to, to yeah. wear like the white Pete with all white. But I, I just feel like they'll save the, the all white look for later in the season. Now, I, I could be wrong about that because they have so many white helmets now. You could literally wear all white two or three times if you wanted to just with a different helmet. But I, I think they're going to save that look. And since it's nationally televised, I think they'll want to wear some orange. And I also think they'll want to save the black, white, black and the white, white, black that we saw last year against TCU for later for the bigger Big 12 game. So I think it's kind of a throwaway combination. So I'll go orange, white, orange with the giant chrome peat helmet. I, we, we've seen orange, white, orange before, but I don't think we've seen it with the, uh, the chrome helmet. So that's what I'm going with. I don't feel great about it. Good, not great. That's what I'm going with. We saw it at, uh, well, I think K-State 2012 when Les Long got concussed. I believe. Yeah, it was orange with the orange brand. You could barely see it. Or was it Tiny Pete? Little Bill Pete. It was the brand. Okay. Uh, I am going white uh, helmet with the badge. Give me the badge. I like it. Um, white top and orange pants. I don't know if we've ever seen that before. 
I don't think we have. And I, I do worry how it will look now that they have black numbers on the white jersey with the orange pants. I don't think it'll flow as well, which you, you win some, you lose some. I think the black numbers look better, but it kind of hurts yeah. that. So. I, I'm with you. I think they say white, white, black, and um, black, white, black. for Those, those are like their go-to, like, at Texas, at – uh, TCU, you know, at OU, places like that. I know they yeah. don't play at this year, but they, they usually save those for later in the season. Um, yeah, that's got Pitt written all over it. Do what? That's got Pittsburgh written all over it. Yeah. Somebody wanted to know uh, just our thoughts on, on uh, Chuba. And I thought Kyle Boone had a really good question. We have a roundtable up on the site right now about whether we wanted to see Chuba redshirt or play this year. And I answered it. I'm curious to hear what your answer is to that and why. I mean, they, they're they loaded a running back, right? Now, he, he offers a dimension that I think is different than the other running backs as far as I think he can catch the ball out in space, kind of the Tyreek model that they use with him. But as much as I want to see him play, what I saw out of – Justice Hill, J.D. King, and L.D. Brown, there's not a whole lot of touches to go around when you combine that with the receiving core that they have. So if Chuba's willing and, and it's not going to, you know, just send him down a downward spiral mentally, then I would register. I want to play him. You just want all the dudes on the field? I mean, I don't – I'm not here – I said this yesterday. I'm not here for 2021. I don't care about 2021. Oklahoma State has, has, I think, their best chance ever to win it all this year. Get him out there. Figure it out. Get him, get him the ball. Put him on. Do you, know, do, you, do you know he's good enough to play? I don't. I, did you hear Gundy talk about it? By the way, Gundy, Gundy's compared like three different players on his team to Joseph Randall. I'm like, is it is that just like your your uh, the new Ori Lemon or like what what's the? He's the offensive Ori Lemon now. He's compared Chuba to him. He compared uh, J.D. King to him. And I think he compared Justice to him at one point. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. I was talking with uh, Bill Hasten at the OU game last week. And you know how, like, Ori Lemon, uh, Brandon Pettigrew is who he yeah. brings up at the time? Bill Hasten said that Brandon Pettigrew is the best player of the Gundy era. I was yeah. like, you hanging out with Mike too long because I know he loves Brandon Pettigrew more than anything but yeah, I thought I, that was probably why you know Bill got to watch practice back then so that's probably why Mike brings up Brandon Pettigrew as much as he does Joseph Randall I talked to I talked to Bill about that as well and he's he I don't know I don't remember if he said best player of the era but just like I think he said like up until a certain point he was he was by far the best guy and he was he was really good he's had a long NFL career I mean you, you see a lot of Oklahoma State guys at least make a team or whatever, but you don't see a lot of guys play for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years um, like he has. I, I think he's out of the NFL now. I think last year was maybe his last year. Yeah. Um, ten yeah, years. He, he was great. Yeah. He was awesome. Two-star two recruit that turned into superstar. Like, and, and Bill, Bill also brought this up. That 2007 recruiting class was ranked – 30 or 40, and it had still, I considered the best Mike Gundy recruiting class he's ever had as far as pure talent and guys that went on to play in the NFL. It's pretty crazy. You could see early on, considering that Mike knew how to spot 
evaluate and recruit talent because that team was not highly ranked, but they all played, like a lot of them played in the NFL. So that kind of was a, a sign of things to come for Gundy taking less lesser heralded guys and turning them into pros. Who else was in that class? Well, you had um, Dez, Dez, Okung, Kendall Hunter, Whew. Pettigrew, um, someone else. Wait, were Dez and Pettigrew? Ori, Ori Lemon, I think. Dez and Pettigrew weren't in the same class, were they? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you're just throwing, you're just throwing early, early Gundy era players out. No, I don't have my laptop handy. It's over there. I can't reach it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you're out on Shuba and I'm in. I mean, I'm not out. I just, I can see the reasoning why they would want to redshirt him. There's not a lot of footballs to go around, but I, I like your reasoning that, you know, this go for it. If this guy can score just one touchdown in a crucial game, it's, it's worth it. I, I get that. Hey, Carson, if he gets in the open field, it's over. Gone. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah. Well, what you yeah. don't, what you don't want is him playing five to 10 snaps and having a Quentin Griffin situation at Oklahoma. He burnt his red shirt for, a few meaningless plays, and the year they lost in the national title game to LSU, they really wish they would have had a Quentin Griffin. You, you, yeah. They lost a year of him. So you don't want that situation. Yeah. Um, we might have already talked about this, but if you could add any uh, player from a past Gundy team to this team, who would you add? Dan Bailey. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a bad uh, – No. I like Dan Bailey, but I would probably say Emmanuel Ogba. The, the pass rush he was able to generate was insane, and he had a monster last year. I, I would probably go Ogba. I, Bailey, Bailey's a, a pretty good choice, like because it's just such an unknown, right? And it and it can become such a big facet. Now, it's probably only going to be a big facet if in like two games, maybe three games, but. It could, it could be huge, and you don't you don't totally know what you have there. So, I don't know. I didn't like uh, I didn't like that smother hook that Amendola hit on uh, against Tulsa on on Thursday. That wasn't great. Nah, not good. But like, what happens if Amendola misses a few? What, what, what's are they going to go to the freshman, or are they just going to go for it every down? I know Gunny's not going to do that. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, uh, I guess. I am interested to see what happens if, you know, Amendola misses a few and Gundy loses a little confidence in him. Not that I'm looking forward to seeing that. Just, it would be interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, for the podcast, folks, let's go to uh, hear from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, one more time. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, ready to wrap up. You are headed to Columbus? Yep, I fly out uh, first thing Friday morning. 
Uh, the game's on ABC, so we're doing a 30-minute pregame show and then also a postgame show. I'm fired up for that. It's one of the coolest parts about my job is when we have college football and NBA on our air, we're able to do really cool shows like this because, you know, most days we only get a few minutes to, to talk about sports. So we get a whole 30 minutes to an hour to, to break it down. And one of the biggest games of the college football season, I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, I will be able to watch OSU South Alabama on Friday. Have you been to the Horseshoe? Nope, never been. It's going to be good. It's going to be insane. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. Uh, I think Baker will play well, but I think Ohio State wears them out. Did you see that freshman running back for Ohio State? Dobbins? Yes. They're good. He makes – he makes uh, like Chuba that, – that's like Chuba if he was like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> that guy's insane. Uh, is JT Barrett good? Not a good passer. He's a good quarterback. He, he makes plays with his feet. You know, he's, he's like, broken the record for, like, most touchdowns responsible for in the Big Ten. He's played a lot of games. He's up there and wins. Like, you don't get to that level without being a good quarterback. Now, he's not an elite passer. He's only thrown for 300 yards, like, two times in the past three years. That's just not what they do. Would you trade Mason Rudolph for JT Barrett and, like, three defensive players of your choice? No, because quarterback's the great equalizer. And when you're throwing the deep ball like Mason, I'd rather have that. I think James Washington could catch it from me. Probably. Tyron, Tyron caught a wobbler on that first touchdown. Let's talk about – has there ever been a more beloved one he's, – he's, he has one catch in his career. One catch. Well, has two ever, if you count that lateral that he took <laughs> the other way. Has there ever been a more beloved player in sports history for a, for a specific team? Like, what if, what if he just said, like, he comes out before the South Alabama game, he hops on Periscope, he's like, I'm retiring, I'm out, I'm going to the NFL. He, he would go down as a legend at Oklahoma State having caught one pass. No, then he's just a quitter. No, but, okay, I, maybe he doesn't retire. What if he, like, what if he gets hurt and he can't play anymore? How dare you? No, I'm just saying. Like, he he's – it's incredible, like, what his status is at Oklahoma State having caught one ball. I was trying to think of an equivalent. Maybe, like, Dez, his first game, like, the excitement level when he – when De we just – remember when you and I and – or I guess you and I didn't know each other at the time, but when we found out Dez was wearing number one, like, weren't we all just like, oh, my – we saw him show up. We were like, oh, my God. Like, that's yeah. – that's the closest comparison I can think of. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Um, okay, do we miss anything? What else do we need to talk about? Prediction on the game. Who you got? How much? Those you can win by. What's the line? Twenty-eight. Yep. Uh, I think they put up another sixty. I think they. I think they go uh, sixty-three to twenty-eight. It's a lot of points. I think we get full Gundy Badger. With the game on ESPN, I think he's going to try and score 70. Yeah. Just uh, just because he's probably mad at the polls, too. I mean, he's probably mad at the cops in the AP. Uh, and or South Alabama is going to bear the brunt of that. I think they're going to score 70, 72 points, 72 to 20. Wow. That's. Come at me. <laughs>
I mean, I, I nailed the Tulsa game. I said they'd win by 31, and they won by 35. So Yeah. I mean, I wrote this. That it, it, it's one game, but they had the look of, of an all-time team. You know, the last two years, they have, they've been good, but they haven't had that kind of look, you know. And people are like, we need to pump the brakes, whatever. And, yes, I, that's fine. But, like, the way their offense looked in, in Thursday's game was completely different than it has the last two years. And if you do that, your defense only has to be above average to average to win 10, 11, 12 games. Like, now, their their playoff hopes and their title hopes are dependent on the defense, but they don't have to be great to win a ton of games. Well, I would be shocked if this game South Alabama plays out like the road game as it began two years ago where they kind of just struck they, – they won it late. They kind of let them hang around. I think OSU is way better than they were years ago, where I don't I don't see that happening. And I, I see them just throttling them like they did Tulsa. Because, like, yeah. the Tulsa game was even less close than the score. I mean, they gave them 10 points. They could have scored 80 if they wanted to, if they kept if they the pedal the metal. Old Miss had a receiver last week that averaged 30 yards a carry on – or uh, 30 yards a reception on eight receptions. So James, James Washington is gonna <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. Over under one and a half touchdown dances for Tiger. <laughs> I hope he uh, I hope he pulls a sharpie out of his sock, autographs his bandana, and gives it to you at the next home game. Uh, he'll probably do the hopscotch trot that Mason yeah. did. The old hopscotch trot. All right. All right, guys. We'll talk to you after the game. Enjoy Columbus. Uh, yes, we will talk to you tomorrow night. Sounds good. All right. See you. See you.